All right, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Rebel with a Cause. I am your host, Eric, and uh, no guest this evening. Going to continue on these uh, solo episodes because I think they're kind of fun to do. And uh, haven't really scheduled anybody, but uh, I've got scheduling stuff in the works for upcoming episodes, so stay tuned for that. Um, but let's go ahead and uh, kick it right off. Let's get into it. Antiwar.com. And I guess if I hit the button, then I could share the screen, right? Yay, there it is. All right, Pentagon, unclear if contractors will leave Afghanistan. Um, while President Biden said he will withdraw troops from Afghanistan, it is not clear if his plan extends to thousands of contractors working for the Pentagon that are still in the country. When asked about this issue on Friday, Pentagon spokesman John Kirby said he wasn't sure. So on the contractors, we don't know exactly. There are some preliminary plans, and clearly the goal is to get all our personnel out, and I suspect the contractors will be part of that. But whether there'll be a, a need for some contractor support, I just don't know, he said. So that just kind of wraps up all of Afghanistan uh, as far as U.S. involvement there for the last 20 years. Uh, there's no plan. We don't know what's going on. We, we have no plan to figure out what's going on. And, uh, and you know, I just linked to uh, antiwar.com right there and the the, the big head honcho over there, Scott Horton, who's been on the show, talk about Yemen and everything. I mean, he wrote a whole book, Fool's Errand, Time to End the War in Afghanistan. And yeah, you know, it never should have been in the first place. It shouldn't have been a war there. You've got too many tribal factions. Uh, everybody outside of Kabul, they, they don't view themselves as Afghan. They view themselves as whatever tribe they live under. And uh, that's the people that would be in charge. And just trying to set up some kind of Jeffersonian democracy, constitutional republic type thing over there is just never going to work. There's a reason why Afghanistan has been known since the time of Alexander the Great as the place where empires go to die. Okay, it's it's not a very hospitable place. The people there won't roll over for you. Okay, so it's just one of those things. But uh, <clears throat> heading back into the new side and uh this week has been uh quite quite the fireworks <laughs> for everything and uh this is one such story that kind of caught my eye it was uh, about james o'keefe that's right so he uh he he honey dicked a uh one of their uh technical directors uh i i, I guess it was uh through like a tinder date type of thing and uh so really uh, us libertarian types, we kind of joke about feds being on our timeline all the time. And, um, uh, <laughs> I mean, this is just definitely one of those things. Uh, so, uh, it's from the New York post, uh, James O'Keefe of project Veritas vows revenge on CNN and Twitter after ban. Uh, so that's right. There's James O'Keefe right there. His, uh, Twitter account got banned allegedly for purporting himself to be other people on the website. And, uh, although he can't really they can't really prove that other accounts were actually him, I guess is the kind of the thing. So, uh, Twitter said it at band O'Keefe, the founder of project Veritas, cause he allegedly used multiple, multiple fake accounts to boost his following. Um, be that here or there. I, the, the, the main reason why they banned him was because they put out a video about CNN saying that, uh, of course they're manipulating the news to, <laughs> 
to get the reaction that they want and that their next uh, project is going to be a global climate disaster or climate emergency, as they now want to call it. Uh, so here it is from the story. James O'Keefe of Project Veritas, a day after being permanently banned from Twitter, says he's preparing to launch a legal broadside against big tech and the mainstream media. We're going to sue CNN and we're going to sue Twitter. The combative 36-year-old conservative activist, activist and guerrilla journalist told The Post during Friday interview at his bunker-like he- bunker-like headquarters on a nondescript street in Memorinic. All right. Uh, bunker-like. So we're, we're setting that image. <laughs> Uh, here's another quote. Uh, we're going to sue a bunch of other people and we'll represent the other people suing these organizations and represent people's defamation defense fund under the country's libel laws, something no one has ever done before. He said, so yeah, so Twitter banned him for using multiple fake accounts, whether or not that's actually true. Um, it remains to be seen. Uh, I personally would just love, uh, to catch discovery in that case. But yeah, I mean, this guy goes around and he exposes the fake media uh, for being fake media. Uh, You got to love it. You got to love it. I don't personally agree with everything that James O'Keefe does. And I think a lot of the stuff he does is edited uh, to make it look a little more sensational than sometimes it actually is. Uh, But in that CNN video, I mean, you can clearly see the guy is wanting to brag about what he was doing at CNN. and so this goes back to the Michael Malice point of view that uh, the media, the, the corporate press, is the enemy of the people. And nothing demonstrated it more than him sitting there trying to brag to an alleged Twitter uh, uh, Tinder date. Right. And so these people have been caught with their pants down. I mean, I mean, literally, almost literally <laughs> in many cases, uh, just to be shown the the enemies that they actually are. They, they are lying to you, uh, even if the truth would serve them better, you know, and I've said that multiple times on this, on the show, they lie to you. Okay. They can't bring themselves to tell you the truth. They have to work in some kind of angle. And you even saw it in that story from his bunker like location. You know, if I said this was, was a bunker and, you know, and I, you know, dressed behind me like brick wall with like, uh, you know, paracord and you know rifle slung up against the thing people would think i was nuts that's the image they're trying to put into your head when they say things like bunker they want they want to make it seem like he's crazy so that you discredit him automatically see there's a little bit of a little bit of a, a game going on there and i don't like it i don't like it but um i'll keep i'll keep an eye on it because it's uh that kind of stuff always kind of um intrigues me. And I guess it's probably more from the gossip type angle. You know, you catch these people just being blowhards and saying, oh yeah, by the way, you know, it's kind of like that time piece where they talked about uh, fortifying the election. Uh, it's like, yeah, we basically stole it and you know that we stole it. And here's the reasons why. <laughs> so yeah, but uh, hold on one second. Got to take a obscene profit timeout. Um, what's in the Yeti cup? Some people ask, and, uh, that is some of the best coffee that you can buy anywhere on the planet right now. And that's uh Lorenzotti.coffee. <laughs> so if you want to save uh 10% on your order, use my promo code RWAC at checkout 
And uh, anything over 15 bucks is free shipping, buddy. And uh, coffee is kind of a heavy thing. So hit up on it. Um, so here's my my uh, contribution to Slurp Gang. Oh, my God, it's so good. Anyways, <laughs> back to the stories. Uh, let's see, what else do we got going on here? Okay, so something that's a, a little bit t- close to home for me. And uh, we'll get right in here. So WWL is right there in New Orleans. And this is kind of one of those uh, seen and unseen type of things. And what are some of the unseen things? Louisiana, America's top state for overdose death increase during COVID, CDC says. List these as fucking suicides because that's what they are. Uh, Dr. Shaden Murad said during the beginning of the pandemic, she and her colleagues began seeing drug overdose deaths matching COVID deaths. And it's going to show a video down there, but I'm not going to play that. Uh, Louisiana saw a sharp increase in deaths associated with drug overdoses in 2020, 54% increase in deaths from previous year, largely associated with the coronavirus pandemic. The overdose numbers come from a new batch of preliminary data released this week by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Louisiana in 2020 was the top state in drug overdose growth during the COVID-19 pandemic, second only to Washington, D.C. As Louisiana's first COVID patients arrived at emergency rooms in early 2020, doctors and nurses were still dealing with a large number of patients dealing with drug overdoses. Well, there are good reasons why this is happening. Number one, this state is still pretty awful when it comes to medicinal use of marijuana still pretty bad um because you have to have a licensed grow operation they're only giving it to a certain kind of so you know picking the winners and losers again and so people aren't getting the medicine that they need especially in a time where you're being told uh you can't look at other people the the air that you're breathing is literal poison put a diaper on your face and now go get a vaccine of questionable uh, efficacy and uh, side effects as we see with the uh, johnson and johnson with the blood clots and everything um so you got people locked up in their houses uh this is louisiana we have i want to say i heard this number somewhere before but i'm not exactly sure if it's still true we have more restaurants per capita than anywhere else in the united states And that's just dead reckoning. So I don't even know if that's true or not. Don't hold me against it. You know, we are a tourist state. We got people coming in all over. They want to go to New Orleans. They want to go see uh, Bourbon Street. They want to go hang out in the quarter. Uh, Maybe they'll they'll come to Baton Rouge to see the USS Kid or something. I don't know. But uh, we're a tourist trap, basically. We've got all of the really cool stuff. I mean, if you wanted to go see uh, alligators, we got alligators. Uh, you know, we had a tiger at a truck stop for a long time. Uh, we have a tiger at LSU. You can go see, you know, that's free. You just walk up and the Mike, the tiger is right there. Uh, you know, down in New Orleans, you got the Audubon Zoo and, you know, French Quarter and everything else. The entire state is almost run off of the service industry. Um, so we're closing down restaurants. That's a lot of bartenders, waitresses, bus boys. They all got fired. You know, so these people usually come from recovery programs or prison. 
you know, because it's like one of the few jobs that they can get coming out where the restaurant owners and everything, they know, hey, this is kind of your second chance. You know, sometimes it's your last chance. And uh, they tend to be really good workers. They, you know, they they have that gift of gab. They know how to talk to people. And so they come out and be waitresses. And, uh, you know, if they're in recovery programs, sometimes the waitress is the only thing they, they can get. And so if they're being laid off or reduced hours or being subject to all the stupid BS uh, mandates that come down where they've got to do extra stuff on top of all the other waitress duties, you know, like clean and sanitize everything. You know, it's nothing that's actually based in science at all. They're going to start using again. And when they start using again, they're going to up the dose. They're going to go a little bit too far too fast and they're going to overdose. This is an effect of suicide. And the government caused this. I don't want to see stories that say, oh, well, you know, the coronavirus did this and the coronavirus. No, no, no. This is government response to all this. Government is the problem. It has always been the problem. And it is never a solution. So, and this just kind of hits me a little bit close to home, you know, because I know people around that that's the exact reason why they started using again. And they maybe have come a little bit close still with us, but you know, they were right there. So yes, this is a just kind of thing that pisses me off. And this is happening in the state of Louisiana. And as you've seen, it's happening a lot. Check your local area for overdose deaths. I'll guarantee you they're up, you know, but they want to come out with stories that say, Oh, well, you know, suicide really isn't all that bad. Okay. Well, All right, so moving ahead. And I do like Mises.org because then I come along with uh, stories like this one. This one's from uh, Ryan McMakin. The problem with just do what the cops say and you won't get hurt. And we just saw this in uh, Minneapolis because as soon as they found out that the guy had a gun on him, and everyone likes to use that term illegal gun, you know, and I've, I've done this with Republicans before. I, I proved to them that I am more pro gun than they are. And, uh, and I got one the other day and it's like, uh, it's like, uh, well, do you believe that felons should get their rights back after they've served their time in prison? And of course they'll say, yeah. And I was like, okay, hand them their guns on the way out. Well, no, you don't want to do that because they're felons. I was like, okay, so they're just made to serve that sentence for the rest of their lives. <laughs> you know, it's a life sentence, even though they're not behind bars anymore. So this case uh, that he's going to, that he's going to cover is really rough to watch, really rough to watch. I, I try watching the video. I can't because I see my mom there. Okay. So uh, new evidence has emerged in the case of a 73 year old Karen Garner, an 80 pound woman with dementia and sensory aphasia. Newly released videos show Garner was beaten to the point of having her arm broken and her shoulder dislocated while being arrested for an alleged attempt at theft of $13.88. Ma'am, you're trying to walk off with less than $20 worth of goods. We're going to have to send the dogs on you. In June 2020, Garner had apparently attempted to leave a Walmart in Loveland, Colorado, with a bag full of small items, but was confronted by the store staff. She left the empty handed and may have simply forgotten to pay. 
Minutes later, Garner was walking home and then approached by police who demanded she stop and submit to an arrest for theft. Within minutes, two police officers threw the old woman, who was apparently confused, to the ground, and she kept repeating, I am going home, over and over again. And of course, on the story here, they have they have it linked uh, to the video. And I said, I, I started watching. I can't. I can't. My blood boils. Afterward, police refused to provide any medical attention to the woman, which is typical because they're fucking animals. And which is she groaned in agony and they threw her in a jail cell for two hours before transporting her to the county lockup for an additional three hours. District attorney refused to press charges, of course, because, you know, he's another fucking cop. Since even the DA could see any group of somewhat rational people, non-police officers sitting in a jury, was likely to conclude that this woman was no real threat to anyone. She attempted to walk off with less than $20, even if she knew what she was doing. You still don't beat the shit out of a woman and break her arm like that. Not at all. Okay. She left the items and tried to go home. Just do what you're told. It's not hard to imagine the predictable reaction to this video from those who reflexively defend police abuse. She should have just complied, they'll say. Some might insist that if she had her arm broken, her tiny body thrown to the ground, she was asking for it because, well, she may have tried to steal an equivalent of $13. Indeed, defenders of police abuse and incompetence often attempt to console themselves with the idea that they would always comply with police orders and therefore would never worry about being shot dead, beaten down, or otherwise abused by police. This is the problem. It hasn't come home to them yet. You know, I've made no bones about the fact that I do not like cops. I have, I think there's one or two that come to mind where they're not half bad, but they're still fucking cops. Like if I was going to be talking about something that may be law adjacent, I, I wouldn't bring it up to them. That'd be the last people I would talk to about anything, you know? So in this case, uh, like I said, I tried watching the video. I can't get through it. I can't do it. You know, and everybody knows that elderly person in their life that maybe you're starting to lose things a little bit and sure, they're going to do things that are mistaken. Okay. But you can't just go around thinking that everyone is trying to rip you off. Okay. Now, granted, there's going to be a lot of people that they're going to try and rip you off. This is not everybody. Okay. And I'm sure this all could have been dealt with a lot better by using the things that come out of this, right? Our words. If they would have had a conversation, you could have quickly talked to somebody and pretty much know that they, uh, maybe not all there. So maybe don't call the cops on them. Uh, sorry. Had a little nice little cough there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that drives me up the wall, especially when people start saying, eh, you just do what they're told. You know, they should have complied. You know, if they would have complied, they wouldn't have got hurt. You know, Daniel Schaefer, anybody? That guy complied. Still got shot and killed. This woman had no idea what was going on around her. Kelly Thomas, who said, I'm sorry. What was it? 38 times. 
while he was being beat to death by by cops. At some point, you people really got to understand cops ain't your friends. Don't talk to them. You know, if if anything about uh, ostracize those that are that are cops away from you, just that's what you got to do, man. You have, they they've got to realize that they have picked the wrong profession and maybe go do something else with their time. So, um, okay. So we're going to round this out with uh, weird news. And uh, this one I saw on Twitter and it was uh, so fantastic. It is the, uh, the weirdest thing I have ever seen. And I do love that these, uh, <laughs> that these uh, accounts are so out there sometimes. Uh, so here we go. Stakeham starts bizarre, bizarre Twitter beef with Neil deGrasse Tyson. And, I, and I'm just here for the puns. That's really all it is. Astrophysicist Neil deGrasse Tyson recently found himself in a bizarre Twitter beef with all of all things Stakeham. <laughs> it's a sentence that you never thought you would have read anywhere. Uh, even stranger, many experts took the side of the processed meat product. That's right. Because they made a valid point. It was backed up with logic and facts and reason. So uh, it all started Sunday afternoon. Tyson tweeted out, the good thing about science is that it's true, whether you, or whether or not you believe in it. Okay, Mr. Science Man. Uh, although the tweet attracted more than 128,000 likes, it didn't get much love from Stakeham on Monday night. Log off, bro. And I do, you, and I do love the, uh, the use of the bro, to, uh, bro language. Uh, Stakeham then added a little more meat to its contention, uh, again with the puns, I love it, saying that ironically, Tyson's tweet may influence people to be more skeptical of science in a time of unprecedented in- misinformation. Science is an ever-refining process to find truth, not dogma, Stakeham said, adding no matter his intent, the message isn't helpful. So, and there's the tweet itself. Uh, the irony of Neil's tweet is that by framing science itself as true, he's influencing people to be more skeptical of it in a time of unprecedented misinformation. Science is an ever-refining process to find truth, not a dogma. No matter its intent, the message isn't helpful. The company then transparently admitted the reason for going after Tyson about the difference between science and truth. Spoiler alert, involves selling a lot of pre- processed meat to home cooks. Obligatory thread to remind people that we are brand selling products. Take a check it out. So everyone we do is based in self-interest to grow our business. So, uh, yeah. Uh, but some people, uh, suspected Stakeham stance was the result of a recent change in the co- company's social media staff and the charge the company to mind. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Just sick of Neil's games. <laughs> I love it. I love it. There was so many of these tweets going around. It was hilarious. And I was, I was reading quite a lot of them. I even saw this one, uh, seeing a frozen meat company drag Neil Tyson for intellectually sloppy thinking is not something every day. Worse for NGT, Neil deGrasse Tyson, the frozen meat company is correct. <laughs> oh man. I love it. I love it. Talking epistemology with Twitter over a stupid Neil deGrasse Tyson tweet. And we're witnessing greatness in real time. <laughs> It's just the greatest thing ever. So you may think that Twitter is a hell site and you would be correct, but occasionally there is fun and games to be had on, on the old TL. So uh, with that guys, uh, I'm going to take it easy. Um, but please go buy some Lorenzotti coffee, Lorenzotti.coffee. 
RWAC at checkout. Save yourself 10% and 50 or more gets you free shipping. You got to love it. Uh, so if you want to support my work in other ways, of course, check down the show notes below. They're all down there. Uh, Patreon, subscribe, star float mines. What are some other ways? I'm going to put a Amazon wish list in there for equipment and stuff that I need to make the show just a, you know, 2% better, I guess. Uh, so if you guys want to do that, uh, that'll be listed down below as well. But other than that, guys, take it easy, and we'll come at you next time with a brand new episode of Rebel with a Cause. Out. Out.